Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1014. I have something to say about Fratelloni's in just a moment. Feb 6, 2023, 51 degrees on this day in 1925 and 24 below in 1936. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers, Manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushiro. I went to Fratelloni's Saturday to get more salt that I put on the icy patches so I don't fall down when I'm going out to my car. Yeah, sure. Okay. Why was there such an abundance of salt available at Fratelloni's? And I'll tell you why. Hmm. These cheap-ass euphorians don't buy any salt. (laughs) It's a given that they're not going to shovel, but they don't buy any salt. Why not buy some salt? Throw some salt down there. Let's get na- let's, uh, scoot nature along a little bit. They had more salt. They had an abundance of salt. And wow. you're blaming the Euphorians. I am. For Fratelloni's. Absolutely. Staying well stocked. That's it. That's the problem. I just wanted to get that <laughs> all laid out in front of me so I can <laughs> take it in. You guys recall the great email we had from a, and I'm talking in the Crocus Hill neighborhood, Cathedral Hill, that's where Euphorians, it's a given they're not going to shovel. But buy some bleeping salt. Come on. Rattaloni's got too much salt. And it's your fault. Okay. All right, now, do you recall the great email we had from a guy giving us an update on the Mysterian across the street neighbor? whose electric vehicle ran out of juice and yeah. couldn't get up the driveway, and she yeah. brought out some table salt. Which of course <laughs> right. A right. spoonful sure. of table yeah. salt. And he yeah. was wondering uh, whether he had any ethical or moral duty to uh, snow blow their house because he does do the house on either side of them. And we came to the conclusion that he had no obligation to do that. They were fit and healthy and capable and, and what have you. I now have an update. And didn't they, before this update, I think one of them came over, the lady did, mm-hmm. and asked if she could get him to do it, right? right. Yeah, and he kept the blower running and, and wouldn't talk I to can't her. Hear her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the Mysterian Neighbor Update Part 3. Good morning, Joy. Hope you and the band of misfits are doing well, but I wanted to follow up with Part 3 of the story of my mysterious neighbors. To recap, it ended up with me cleaning the sidewalks in front of my other two non-mysterious neighbors, but not the mysterious neighbors. The story might not be as funny as the first two. This story might not be as funny as the first two, but I believe that it still deserves to be told. And I would also like a ruling or at least a suggestion from the band. To continue, I had a great conversation with the southern neighbor when he got home, meaning the neighbor across the street whose property he tended. I had a great conversation with the southern neighbor when he got home. His name is John, and he was a former Marine and became a teacher after his service time, much like myself. 
So these guys are GL teachers. Hmm. Even though he is in his early 70s and I am in my mid-40s, it goes without saying that we get along fairly well. The day after he and his wife got back, John called to thank me for taking care of his snow while he was away and asked if I listened to Garage Logic. It kind of surprised me, but I said yes. All I heard was him yelling at his wife, yeah, that was our neighbor Joe that we hear on the radio. I was right. He then explained to me that they are GLers as well and was listening to the podcast as they drove back to Minnesota. When you read my stories, they asked asked each other, you don't think this is our neighbor Joe? They continued (laughs) to discuss this, switching back and forth about their discussion. They finally said that they will need to ask me. Uh, if their sidewalk is done when they got back home, which it was. And so they asked me. John uh, actually asked me if I really did tell her to go can some apricots. <laughs> I told him, of course I did. John then said, I don't think they can can apricots often, which would explain things. We both laughed for a while. Both John and I laughed about this, and then he told me that the other non-Mysterian neighbor to the north also likes GL. So I have two GLers right across the street. Best news I've heard in a while. So the three of us decided not to do their, their sidewalk anymore. And they told the Mysterian neighbors that they just can't do the extra work anymore. They explained that they are in their 70s and need to start to slow down. And since they, the Mysterians, are in their 40s, they should have a lot of energy to do their own. I tried to stay out of it, but I got dragged into it anyway. I have a truck. I know that Kenny is going to ask, but it is a Toyota Tundra. It's nothing wrong with that. Yes, it is a Toyota because they are the only non-government car company left. But the Mysterians Mysterians texted me. They couldn't even call me. They texted me to borrow my truck so they could buy a new snowblower. Oh. mm, I asked them what kind, and of course they said... Uh-oh. An electric one. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I asked them if why they couldn't use their van. And they told me that it's easier to borrow my truck than to take the back seats out of their van. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wow. couldn't believe the laziness. Not the right answer. So I told them that Jeez. I don't allow electrical powered equipment in my truck. Oh, my word. <laughs> if wow. They, if, wow. They, if they would be buying a gas powered snowblower, I would. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they went out. They went out and bought a new electric snowblower, which did not get through the first snowfall. Nope. The Mysterian now asked if he could borrow the truck because they are going to get a different snowblower because the electric one didn't have enough power. So my question is: Should I allow him? I don't want to, but at least he's going to get a gas-powered piece of equipment. How should I handle this? Since you helped start this, I didn't start it. You emailed me. (laughs) Since you helped start this, I think you should be an active member. Plus, it might get a few more laughs. Thanks again, Joe. What do you? Well, I think for purposes of continuing to get updates, maybe he should allow them to use his truck. Yeah, because then I see a bond forming, and then we kind of have a spy inside a Euphorian's home. Well, the other way to look at this is conversion possible. Oh, ooh, oh. Might he win them over That's, to the right side of life? You are an optimist. I am. Yeah, very much so. Conversion there's therapy. Hope, there's got to be a pony. <laughs> That's GL-style conversion therapy. Right. GL-style conversion therapy. Joe, I think we're in agreement that for purposes of continuing the experiment, 
Yeah, let them use your truck. I mean, they're bogus. It's a bogus BS excuse that they can't use their van because they don't want to take the seats out. We're all in agreement with that. But for and we're all assuming, by the way, that they obviously don't listen to the show. Right. Yeah. So let's 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 tell Joe. Yes, let him use your truck, and we eagerly anticipate the update number four. Are we in agreement? Yep. Yeah, right. yeah. I think agreement. it's unanimous. We're in agreement. I better hang should, on to this. One. Should we ask him to go along? Oh, that'd be great, <laughs> Joe. Maybe you want to go with them. In fact, put on the friendly face and say, well, not only can you use the truck, but I got a few, uh, I got an hour or so on my hands. Why don't I take you and uh, and then see what happens? Love it. I love it. Huh? I love huh? it. Harold and Kumar buy a snowblower. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, now back to the real world, although that is the real world. Now back yeah. to the unreal world. My favorite part of the balloon story. The Chinese balloon. Right. Sheriffs in the Carolinas were warning guys not to shoot at it. <laughs> See, I told you I'm my people. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm going to get that. He's <laughs> right up there. I'm going to get in that pickup truck and go shoot that balloon. No, they warned him. Don't, guys, don't be shooting the balloon. <laughs> Which raises another interesting question that a buddy proffered. It's too bad we couldn't have shot it with just small holes so it gently drifted back to earth and then we could capture the whole thing and the technology part right well but apparently we had to wait till it got out of the country which uh i don't know where to be on that did i offer my solution on friday or was that it might have occurred to me over the weekend my solution was um you send up a plane with a big hook yeah and it, just hook it, drag it hook back it down drag to earth. It back. Yeah, hook her. Where are you boys on the uh, Chinese balloon? Uh, uh, I think we were wimps. Opinion wise, yeah. I, I think, think we, we were wimps. We should have taken care of it right off the bat. Right. Yeah. The uh, apparently it was the Pentagon that told him not to. That was their decision. Yeah. Uh, he either that or they're it. taking the fall for Biden. Either, yes. Well, either that or they're taking the fall. Because he's, according to the reports this morning, he said, let's take it down. And the Pentagon said, no, let's wait till it's over water. This used to be a hell of a country. We had borders and everything. And we had airspace and nobody got embarrassed to look at the American flag. And now we got these chai comms flying this balloon over the country. I guess my answer would be if I was president, and this harkens back to uh, the cry we put out on this show getting to be weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Uh, the world needs people to say, go bleep yourself. Yes. And we don't have any. We're not doing that anymore. And China is really due for a, uh, in fact, China is due for a groin kicking, uh, Rook, if you can find that sounder. Yes. Uh, China oh. is due for a groin kicking. But if I was president, I suppose I would have to have been counseled by Pentagon officials, but I would have argued to uh, blow that sucker up over Alaska. You're not going to hit anybody. I have a question for the Joe that watches ancient aliens and UFO videos. That's me, baby. Prior to, uh, that, now, prior am, to that, hang on, Kenny. That deserves this. See, I don't know if that was deserved. Uh, I am not saying it was a UFO. It was definitely from Earth, and it was a balloon. Yes. But I'm asking that other Joe. Yes. 
Are you believing the story that it was a balloon from yes. China doing yes. China's work? <laughs> yes. And the Pentagon actually said, don't shoot it down, and you believe the reasons they gave you? Oh, you don't think it. there's something okay. completely, completely different wow. going on The other ego sees where you're going. Yeah. And yeah. where you're going is, <laughs> we know we knew perfectly well it wasn't a Chinese balloon, but we don't want to admit that. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Is China right. playing along too then? So Pardon? all the governments and are we yeah, so China? But see, that presupposes that China was going to willing to play along. Was yeah, this had to. a grand experiment to see how it went over and what kind of evidence <laughs> that we could gain from our balloon that was taking shots? And now maybe we're going to try this elsewhere on the globe. What a great question! Hmm. Uh, I'll go back to the real Joe. I still believe it was a Chinese. <laughs> surveillance balloon and apparently we waited until it got done spying till we shot it down the fun speculation now and over the weekend has always been well this wouldn't happen if trump was in office well let's address that all right uh, <laughs> uh there's a many many sites devoted to reporting that uh, republicans of course have blasted Biden for the delay in taking down the balloon. However, reports have emerged that at least three similar spy aircraft were spotted over the U.S. during President Trump's time in office. Oops. Uh, Fox News reported Sunday that another balloon crashed off the coast of Hawaii late last year that would have nothing to do with Trump. Senior U.S. defense and military officials said Sunday that Chinese balloons, similar to the one shot down by the Biden administration, flew over the U.S. at least three times while Trump was in the White House. President Trump denied that and said the balloons had entered the U.S. airspace, uh, saying no balloons had entered U.S. airspace during his presidency. And he said this on Truth Social because China had too much respect for Trump, which he put all in capital letters, ah, for this to have happened. See, so Trump's I can agree with that. I can agree with happen. that. Yeah, that, I agree with that for sure. <laughs> Former Trump National Security Advisor John Bolton did not categorically say the balloons hadn't crossed the U.S., but told Fox News Sunday that he was not aware of any such incidents during his tenure. Bloomberg reported Sunday, citing a senior administration official, that the U.S. did not learn about the prior balloon flights until after Trump had left the White House. I, I didn't understand that. Neither do I. How, how it, remains, that be? it remains unclear exactly when or how Biden administration intelligence officials learned about the past incidents, but they're open to briefing Trump-era officials on the surveillance. Uh, Representative Mike Waltz, Republican Florida, said Sunday that Pentagon officials had informed him that several Chinese balloon incidents have happened in the last few years, including a sighting over Florida. Hmm. Balloon sightings have been reported in airspace over Texas, Hawaii, and the U.S. territory of Guam, according to multiple reports. Senator Marco Rubio, Republican Florida, on Sunday acknowledged that aircraft had been spotted before, but said the length of the latest flight means that no comparison to prior sightings. That it flew briefly over some part of the continental U.S., that's one thing, but what we saw this week, it's unprecedented, and that's why everyone is reacting the way they're reacting, Rubio said. Well, how is everybody reacting? I suppose half the Uh country says shoot it down, and half the country said... Let's not shoot it down. Yeah. Half are laughing about it, think it's funny. The other half are super angry. Yep. I mean, why would you not 
want it shot down. I mean, they shoot it down. Camp. Yeah, right. I mean, right off the bat, what is that? It's not us. Bang! It's gone. I if I was the president, we'd be shooting down a lot of stuff. Yeah, just for the hell of it. Sport. I, just I did the sport. see a report this weekend that they thought they could, or they did jam it, and were trying to get information from it to see what kind of, you know, junk it had in it. Well, that they used. I think all we know for sure is that there are there is lying involved. We just yeah. don't know who's lying. Everywhere, pretty much. Everywhere. Story. Everywhere. Yeah. From China, from the U.S., mm-hmm. from Biden, from the Pentagon, from yeah. Trump. Everyone's lying. Doesn't Biden, uh, who was, uh, didn't his son have an interest with the Chinese? Uh, uh, I don't know. Hunter, <laughs> the one that didn't die. How, how about the president with the bank accounts in China when he was in office? How about him? Yeah, well, Trump had that, yeah. <laughs> this is... This is devolving, gentlemen. Well, let's keep it to the balloon. We're, we're spiraling here. Well, let's keep it to the balloon. China, of course, claims it was a weather balloon. That's a lie. Uh, and, uh, in fact, why would they care what the weather is over Kansas? Right. You know. Uh, it didn't look like the weather balloons that I've seen which are kind of tall and stretched out and thin, and they don't look like they have, they're even half full of air. This one was all puffy and full of air. Puffy, yeah. But what's the point of, aren't there satellites? Can't they already take pictures of whatever they're watching? Absolutely, Matthew, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so there had to be some other motive, don't you think? I mean, Yeah, it's that uh, pulse thing. Well, here here we learn this, too. Uh, officials, the atmosphere is full of these balloons. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Officials have seen at least one other Chinese surveillance balloon floating over Central and South America, and additional balloons have been spotted over several countries in the past few years in Europe and Asia. These balloons are all part of a PRC fleet. What's that? People's Republic of China. Uh, these balloons are all part of a PRC fleet of balloons developed to conduct surveillance operations which have violated the sovereignty of other countries, officials said. Well, they seem pretty, uh, they got their chest puffed out, pointing out that the sovereignty of other countries has been violated. What about the sovereignty of our country? I want our officials to have their chest puffed out and say, this will not stand on my watch, and this thing would have been gone last Wednesday. Here's what the experiment is. China is experimenting on World War III, where they will take over the United States without actually dropping a bomb or firing any rounds of ammunition. That's what they're going to do. And this is all part of that. Magnetic pulse? Yep. They're going to cripple this country. They're going to shut it down. And it'll be uh, 1700 again in the United States. Nothing works. But they they don't gain anything economically by that. Well, it's not a well-thought-out theory, no, Joe. No, I know. <laughs> it's still forming. The clay is still... Look, still we don't clay. have reavers here to make blurt-out outrageous statements, so I'm trying to cover for them. <laughs> well, not only would he blurt well out outrageous statements, they'd be non-sequitur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like riding bicycles. Yeah. What? Why didn't we blow up that balloon? <laughs> Uh, I guess I just will remain in the camp that uh, this used to be a hell of a country. We had borders and everything. We're getting pushed around. I don't like it. We just, uh, I don't know what's going on. There's something going on out there that we know nothing about. 
I'm willing to believe that the sky is full of these balloons. Uh, I'm, I'm probably willing to believe that China isn't the only culprit. Uh, we don't know what the world is up to right now. That's the way it feels to me. Uh, the world is up to, there's a, I think God is angry, by the way, because uh, that's a hell of an earthquake that hit Turkey. Yeah, I saw that. I've got an update from our GL geologist, Stacy, who is marveling at the aftershocks. They're just as bad. And my sisters were just in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Where did I put Stacy's deal? Here it is. I am seeing a couple of uh, foreshocks. Oh, foreshocks. Over 5.0 and eight aftershocks over 5.0. A lot of damage and unfortunately deaths. But Stacy is uh, monitoring this at her home weather station, uh, which is operates from a balloon suspended above St. Paul. Balloons, balloons, balloons. Um, I don't know what to say, folks. Did you get her previous yes. email to that? Yes. Jordan, Syria, 8.1. Turkey, 7.4. Central Turkey, 7.8. Yikes. Do you know what? Oh, we've. Uh, I'll tell you what. The, the change in the world in the last 20 years has really enlightened our knowledge of geography. Okay. You know, what what occasion would I have had to wonder 25 years ago about Afghanistan or Iraq or what's the southern border of Turkey? Uh, Now all of these things are, we're all aware of that. I have nowhere to go with this. I'm just saying our our knowledge of the world, uh, at least the world's geography, has increased exponentially since those... uh, uh, the evil devils bombed the towers. Yeah, We've just had our eyes open to so much of the world that we never paid attention to. And it was since then that I met a guy no longer with us and became a very good friend of mine who was raised in Kabul, the mm. son of military people. And uh, I just learned so much about the history of these places. And uh, as I said, I have no place to go with this, but there you have it. So back to balloons. Uh, for all I know, there's another one headed this way, and for all I know, we'll just take it. We'll just bend over and take it. Mm-hmm. Apple. We, we, we like did that. shoot it down at one point. I mean, it's not like you know, yeah, but it was we after it until it was done spying. Yeah, it had already crossed our border and was headed out to sea. What if we did block it and just tried to gather intelligence from them? What, what do you mean? mean? Yeah, that's what we should have but, done. Well, I think all weekend, get the hook. all weekend, all I've been reading is that the U.S. was able to immediately block whatever resources the balloon had and wanted to leave it up to find out what it was using and try to gain intelligence on the Chinese way of spying. Well, well See, no. I'm not sure I believe that. That's yeah, where I'm lying. That's, yeah. that's one of 10 stories that right, yeah, right, yeah, are out right, there right now. Yeah. Right. But everyone's lying. Yeah. Exactly. China's yeah. lying. The United States pick, is pick lying. Lie. Biden's lying. Trump's lying. Yeah, pick yeah. your lies. Yeah. 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 So how do you <laughs> how do you pick your lie? Well, but part of it, I'm guessing, is based just on your beliefs in general, don't you think? You know, About I want to do some sky gazing this summer, and I got to figure out a way to do it uh, without the mosquitoes. <laughs> what? <laughs> well. The kid I used to have now owns some property, okay, uh, w- which would be great for stargazing. 
because oh, it's yeah. away from the light pollution. Okay. Sure. But yep. the mosquitoes are the size of Buicks. What? Yeah. How do you? How do you lay at the end of the dock at one in the morning with your telescope or your binoculars? And I want to do this and just watch the sky. Usually, it's got to be cooler than sixty-five degrees. Oh, I mean, I you could erect a little tent, but then how no, are you supposed you, to see out of it? You can't see out of the. Yeah, you, it's a, it's a temperature thing. There's only a few nights out of the summer you can get away with it. Hmm. Are you against using a strong, uh, you know? Deet thing? Oh, not at all, not at all. Go, but would that yeah. what would that do? Provide you thirty seconds relief? We're talking well, an area of Minnesota where the mosquito is the state bird. Sure, John. I need to have a whole ten cent, uh, ten foot uh, diameter circle clear. I don't want to be able to hear them. That's part of the problem. Even when they're <laughs> the not landing on me, ear. if yeah. I hear them in my ear, it's yeah, uh, yeah it's. Bad. I got you. I understand. Can bad, I tell bad, you bad. something about Eckberg Lammers and preparing your estate plan? Which what do you they know need? about mosquitoes? Well, I got a note from Tuttle. Tuttle <laughs> like said it was his grade school nickname. Uh, just a nod of appreciation for your persistence in finally getting us to talk to the estate planning team at Eckberg Lammers. The CP and I have been longtime listeners that have supported many of the great GL sponsors, butchers, restaurants, golf shows, uh, underpants, boxers, but this has to be one of the most beneficial tips you have provided. We made the call and met with Patrick, thankfully not your Patrick, at Eckberg Lammers and went over what we needed to do to help the kids we used to have and the grandkids with our wishes when we're gone. Patrick and his team made it easy and simple to understand even for a dummy like me. He also provided us assistance in how to handle my aging mother-in-law assets. Thanks for the proverbial kick in the rear. After sharing our plans with the family, one of the kids made an appointment for herself and hubby. It's never too early to plan. Well, I really thank you for that, uh, Tuttle, because uh, you're on the right track. We're all going to die, unfortunately, and you don't want the government to be handling your stuff. You want to keep it out of probate. You want to have that all organized. You don't want to leave a mess for the kids and uh, Eckberg Lammers is a well-respected, well-known law firm in the East Metro and Western Wisconsin. They've been doing this for more than 70 years. They'll help you with, uh, you know, the children, like these guys said, the children you used to have, uh, family properties, that can sometimes get messy. Snowbirds, uh, you spend the summer months in the Midwest, but winter elsewhere when you own Homes in multiple states are special considerations for taxes, and each state has its own rules. You need the proper planning. Uh, you need succession planning for your business. You get the idea. You want to keep the government out of your life. You've worked hard. It's all there. You want to leave it to the kids you used to have. Talk to the team about your estate planning at Eckberg Lammers. Call them at 651 439 2878 or visit them at EckbergLammers.com. It really helps out the lemonade. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Mr. Paul in Buffalo weighs in. Hail the Deep Creep King. Hail, Hail you. Hail no. you. Oh, hail, hail you. you. Hail him. Hail oh, that that yeah. didn't work out Hail so well. the Deep Creep King. Uh, the battery on my Dodge gave out today. I had to pull it out. I take oh. the wheel well inner liner out. I'm greeted with this crusted over tie-down clamp rod thing. Deep Creep to the rescue. A couple of squirts of that wonderful foamy liquid. And a couple of minutes later and some creaks of protest, 
the nut comes off the rod and the battery could be pulled out. Now that's number reason number one for keeping a can of deep creep in the vehicle. Uh, number two comes from my male offspring who drives a Silverado with squeaky doors and a tailgate that creaks. Uh, the lad says he keeps a can of Deep Creek in the goodies bin right next to his cans of engine treatment. Two good reasons to keep a can of Deep Creek in the cab. Wonderful products from a wonderful company based in a wonderful country and available the world over. Deep Creek. Apropos of absolutely nothing but a real bright spot in a in a world which we otherwise are losing touch with. I got a note from Steve Nelson who writes, My wife was going through some scrapbooks and other items from the past this past weekend. She came across some newspaper clippings her grandmother had saved. One of the items is attached. It is a letter to the editor from a black gentleman from Minneapolis named Jesse Allen. Based on the other newspaper stories and clippings, this letter is probably from the Minneapolis paper in the 1950s or 1960s. Much like Thomas Sowell or Kendall Qualls today, there were similar voices decades ago, always pushing back Steve. And he copied me on a letter that the his wife uncovered going through Grandma's stuff. To the editor, I am writing with this hope that I may possibly awaken some people and your newspaper to the realities of being black and poor. I am black and I was poor. I was one of those people whom your newspaper and the misinformed liberals from the suburbs referred to as culturally deprived, discriminated against, alienated, hungry, full of despair, ad nauseum. Funny thing, I wasn't and didn't know of many other blacks who would come close to these corny phrases. I graduated from the University of Minnesota and have been very successful financially in the business world. I made it through four years of school by working two jobs, no federal money. I was accepted in the business world not because of my color, but because of my ability. I know that it can be done, but it cannot be bought by federal programs, white middle-class girls picketing, or suburban businessmen running the show. Very simply, if the Negro—so this really dates this letter, doesn't it? Very simply, if the Negro is to succeed, he must do it himself, and hard work is the only way he will ever achieve the things that will make a whole person of him. Anything short of self-earned respect is another form of slavery. Jesse Allen, Minneapolis. Hmm. Wow. Wow. That is just so wonderful. I think race relations right now are worse than they were when Jesse Allen wrote this letter. I know you keep saying that, and I'm going to keep disagreeing with you. (laughs) Hey, did you see where Hamlin made it? The list? No. Oh, yeah. What did they they make? Top 10 lousiest schools for free speech. (laughs) (laughs) They made it into the list. I was so pleased because they're not even a school anymore. Hamlin makes the list of top 10 worst colleges for free speech. It was in the Daily Mail. Uh, uh, They were were bound to make it after that nonsense they had. Uh, You have no reaction to this letter, fellas? I think it's Um, great. Well... (laughs) I do, but uh, <laughs> if, I don't know. if the letter really th- the writer thought that in the 1950s, yeah, then I think the letter writer had some um, hmm, <laughs> issues. I don't. 
Well, what do you mean? What about it was the sixties? Or sixties, even. I, you know, I, I'd take you up to the mid sixties on that. All one. right, back to the. World. I'd take you up to the Civil Rights Act for sure on that one. All right. Well, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Sounds like it might be made up too, but that's just me. I, I don't think so. I, I, it looks real to me. You think it's a prop does, letter? Does it have a date? I can look look in my newspaper. No, it does not have a date. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Back to the world. <laughs> it. And a listener sent emailed this to you. Yes. And was it a picture of old copy? Yes. Or was it a link? Picture of old copy. Okay. And it looks old. Okay. Yeah. Has that old uh, newspaper look about That's it? That's right. Okay. The kind I tried to give away. <laughs> yeah. Because it kind of sounds like it was written a, maybe a year ago. That's see. That's what or recently. Yeah. That's that's why I didn't say any. Yeah. Hold Just, it up. There's that old style. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Thing. Gotcha. Uh, this also from the Daily Mail. Half the stuff they, at least half the stuff they have is real. Uh, I think this is real. <laughs> at least half the stuff. <laughs> don't, don't let the wind leave your sails. Keep going here. <laughs> Leaders of East Oregon bid to secede and join Idaho. Uh, they think the movement will go nationwide with more rural counties looking to dump urban Democratic leaders in woke havens like Portland who impose taxes on them and shun traditional values. How All right. are they going to do The leader of East Oregon's plan to leave liberal Portland behind and join conservative Idaho is moving fast. Mike McCarter has a $70,000 budget for lobbyists in the two states he has introduced, or he had introduced, legislation was introduced in Oregon last month, and the bill is ready to go. It would accelerate discussions for 15 counties to jump the border. If it works, he said, other red counties will have a model for how to do this during, uh, to evade Democratic rulers. I think people within the United States are watching Oregon's movement, hoping that it will, it will establish a pathway for them in the future, he said. The leader of the Greater Idaho Movement runs the campaign from a cramped office in a cabin outside Lapine. <laughs> well, that's a bad cartoon bubble. <laughs> its walls are decorated with the head of a musk deer and muzzle-loading rifles. Okay, it could not be further from the image of Oregon as a haven for woke politics where a majority voted to decriminalize hard drugs in 2020, where coastal valleys provide the perfect climate for delicate Pinot Noir. How do you say that wine name? Pinot Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir grape, where the liberal lifestyle was sent up in the TV comedy Portlandia. That is Portland with its homeless encampments outside artists and donut stores. By contrast, central and eastern Oregon is a land of hardy ranchers, loggers, and sawmill workers where daytime temps drop below zero the weekend after a snowstorm. And where locals say they have more in common with next door Idaho than Portland with its $6 cafe lattes. Uh, I'm going to stop reading this. It, It probably won't work, but I don't blame them. For giving it a try. How do they do that? So they want to get away from the country's tallest uh, buildings. Well, I know, but how can they make that work? How can a section of a state coordinate itself off and say, we're now Idaho? Well, it remains a long shot. McCarter knows that Oregon is unlikely to give up 15 counties, 400,000 people, about 63% of its land without a fight. <laughs> 
<laughs> but so far, 11 eastern counties have voted in favor. Really? Or at least in favor of legislation requiring the county to discuss moving. Last month, wow. lawmakers in Oregon introduced legislation that would require the state to start talks with Idaho, and a similar bill is ready to go oh, in Idaho. Okay. It may be a long shot, but McCarter said there are benefits for the counties left behind. West Oregonians, he said, subsidize the East to the tune of about 500 bucks per person per year. So if Oregon let Eastern Oregon go, they would be much richer right on their side, he said. They would have... They would not have the conflict and the bickering battle that goes back and forth. Democrats would likely also have a supermajority in the legislature, giving them more leeway to pursue their agenda if they let those 15 counties go. McCarter said his movement provides a roadmap for other parts of the country where there is a growing divide between urban and rural America. Well, my God, we've been saying that for a decade. Right. So, closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the more doomed you are by these adult children. Chicago controls Illinois. Atlanta controls Chicago. New York City controls New York State. And there's a distinct difference between urban and rural. Oh, there really is. For <laughs> no Sandy, <S. laughs> for Sandy yeah. Gilson, yeah. Uh, a small business owner in John Day, about three hours to the east past snow-capped mountains, the final straw was the 2018 corporate activity tax, which takes an extra half percentage of business income to help fund the education system. She said businesses creating jobs and livelihood should not have to manage an added burden for the privilege of being part of the state. The tax was part of an attitude in Portland and Oregon's other big cities, she said, that expected the government to solve their problems. We don't expect the government to answer or solve the problem, she said, over a cup of tea in the quiet back room of the Outpost Pub and Grill. We expect to solve the problem ourselves. While eastern counties have backed the move, any decision uh, on remaking the boundaries lies with the two states' legislatures and then the U.S. Congress. Getting legislation past Oregon's Democratic-dominated House and Senate is a long shot. But Gilson said if congressional districts districts can be be redrawn, why not a state? This is a little more major, but it's still one of those arbitrary lines drawn in the sand, she said. She said she feared that the failure to find a political solution could lead to violence. The political—well, not if all you got is muskets— The political divide between East and West Oregon must be resolved, and the greater Idaho movement is just offering one solution. But we can no longer live with such animosity between the two sides, or else it will become violent. There are people who have said, Sandy, I'm tired of this. I'm ready to take up arms. Okay, I have some advice for them. What do you got? they got to paint this in a different way because it's coming across as they're the militia and, and, the, and the people in Portland will say, we're the good guys. They've got to sell this. Well, really what they have to sell is getting back to an America that we all recognize and appreciate. And I don't know that 11 counties in Oregon can pull that off. Mm-hmm. So they've got to get away from the, uh, the imagery of their... Uh, Right, meeting in the in the backwoods grill with their muskets and threatening violence. They've got to come up with some strong intellectual arguments for why they don't. We no longer we want to be part of your system here. I mean, I'd, I'd consider it in Minnesota if it was done intellectually and reasonably, and you figured it out in such a way 
that uh, the federal taxpayers didn't have to pitch in. Um, from what I'm, I've been, ever since it started sounding like there's hope for this to happen, I started looking at a map of Minnesota. Yeah. And I think the dividing line is going to have to be Highway 71 that runs uh, through Jackson, Wyndham, Redwood Falls, Wilmer, Sauk Center, Long Prairie, Park Rapids, Bemidji, uh, and then it starts heading east to uh, North Home and Big Falls and up to International Falls. Everything west of there. So you'd cut it, the state in half vertically. Right in half. And w- everything west of there, all of us, we're now in one of the two red state Dakotas. North Dakota, South Dakota. Mm. Yeah. That, though, but still, that still leaves me, your mayor, yeah. well, stranded. I, I, to be honest, we don't care about the city folks anymore. Oh. We're, we're done caring about, about you people. Well, I don't blame you. you uh, you've made your bed. You can lie in it. We'll be over here with our friends in the Dakotas. Yeah. <laughs> well, keep an eye then on what happens in Idaho and uh, Oregon. It's fascinating. I will. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. They're not saying they want to secede from the United States. Right. They no. just want to become part of another state. No, and until you started giving me the progress they've made, I thought, well, he's just, these guys are a bunch of hillbilly crackpots with muskets on their walls. But no, it sounds like the dis- discussion is in progress, right? Right, but they got to yeah. have to really, really clean up the their discussion. They you gotta... don't want to be the rebel. You don't want to be the hillbilly rebel. No, you got to put on a suit and tie yeah. and make an argument yep. that yep. that we find your actions uh, terribly unreasonable, find some constitutional flaws in what they're doing. Portland is a mess, by the way. Yeah, they would have to say Portland smells like manure, <laughs> not well, manure. Listen manure? to this, listen to this yeah. from Portland. Nearly three years after the start of the coronavirus pandemic, the city of Portland continues to have one of the nation's most visible homeless problems as thousands of tents and tarps remain across the city in unsanctioned encampments. But now a lawsuit filed on behalf of Portland residents with disabilities has uncovered the source of perhaps the vast majority of those tents, taxpayers. John D. Lorenzo, who represents the plaintiffs in an Americans with Disabilities Act lawsuit against Portland, said the taxpayers are paying the county to put tents in place, which the city in turn is charging the taxpayers to sweep up. It's sort of like trying to walk up the down escalator, he said. During the discovery phase of the lawsuit, D. Lorenzo said he learned that Malt. Noma County's Joint Office of Homeless Services paid $2 million bucks for 22,000 tents and 70,000 tarps. It was also revealed that the county's Joint Office of Homeless can't account for who, vent- who eventually received the tents or where they were set up. Well, mm. <laughs> we have 800 self-cited, unsanctioned campsites across 146 miles of Portland. This is a public health emergency. Well, of course it is. Of course it is. The lawsuit seeks to require the city of Portland to remove all the encampments that currently block, here comes the disabilities part, that currently block public sidewalks and parks. It claims Portland is in violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act by allowing tents and tarps to impede those people using wheelchairs, walkers, or canes. I, I find that an entirely legitimate complaint. <laughs> You're driving those people into the street. Dennis Theralt is the spokesman uh, for the uh, county. 
In a statement, he told Fox News, outreach workers generally tell people to sleep where it's legal and safe to avoid being swept. And they offer information on where folks aren't allowed to be, but they can't ultimately control where folks set up. Taxpayers are getting hit on both ends of the tent crisis. All right. Uh, that maybe, maybe there's hay to be made by the uh, people in, in the eastern counties who want to point out that uh, that's, that, that's confiscation to take taxpayer money. We don't want our money taken for that purpose because you are not accomplishing anything. Uh, but they're going to have to come up with extraordinarily strong legal arguments, and I don't know where those, where those legal arguments are. But I can see, I mean, this whole, this whole nation's an experiment. I can see where 15 counties of eastern Oregon would join 15 counties of Idaho and just become Idaho, leaving the Portlandians with more money anyway because they, they wouldn't be subsidizing the rural counties. Well, can they do that? Why not? You can do anything you want. <laughs> Let's go here. Let's come back with John Height. All right. Are you guys uh, familiar with the uh, Freemasons? Uh, yeah, vaguely. Very, sure. very much so. All right. Well, what do you well, need to know? Well, I'm going to tell you all about them, guys. Books <laughs> oh. like The Da Vinci Code and countless other programs on the History Channel have made these uh, Masons a little bit of a mystery. You know, the secret handshakes and all that kind of stuff. But they are completely legitimate. And they will be a mystery to, to a lot of people. You've heard of them. But do you really know what they do? No. Yeah, They I do. are not a mystery to the people that are being treated at the cancer for the Masonic Cancer Center. Right on. They are no mystery to the families of children being cared for at the Masonic Children's Hospital. Great. And for the last 100 years, the Masons have cared for elders at the Masonic Home in Bloomington. So they're also no mystery to the young people that are receiving scholarships. Yes, they are huge fans of Garage Logic and these Minnesota Masonic Charities, one of the largest private scholarship programs in the state of Minnesota, granting more than $1 million annually to Minnesota students. Familiarize with Google them. Google them. Check it all out. This year, they're introducing a scholarship program like no other, the Selfless Scholar Program, but more on that later, I'll tell you. But despite the secret handshakes, the Masons have become synonymous with philanthropy to many people in Minnesota. So Garage Logic welcomes Minnesota Masonic Charities into the Garage Logic family, and we look forward to being, I don't know, informed, informed a little more about these guys. So uh, more come later, and I'll tell you all about them. Minnesota Masonic Charities, let them know when you go to the website and poke around, or maybe apply for a scholarship that the Rook sent you. 5960. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Uh, I love that Such calls them muskets. I like the term uh, smoke pole. That, that's the one that uh, really sits with me. Of course, we're talking... Blunderbuss. <laughs> Blunderbuss. Well, that's kind of different, but uh, yeah, uh, also very effective at short ranges, Joe. Short ranges, mm-hmm. and you only get one shot. Uh, whatever you're looking for, muzzle loaders, uh, and down that vein, check out DK Mags. They've got them on their website. They have them in store, uh, and they also have uh, scopes you can mount on them. Scopes are legal with your muzzle loader in Minnesota. Uh, but here's the deal. Here's why I'm talking about it out of season. You're going to need the rest of the year to get ready for opening day of muzzle loading season because 
first of all, getting it accurate, you using the right uh, powder thing and the the right sabots, the right bullets, is uh, an exercise in futility. Once you get that nailed down, you put the scope on and start over again, and you're going to go through some. You're going to go through some material, uh, and it's actually a lot of fun getting one-sided, and you really get to know your firearm. So if you're interested in muzzle loaders at all, you got to get up to DK Mags on Old 8 and New Bright and stock up on everything you need to get it sighted in. They can get you a field and help you bag the game you're looking for. Great selection, fair prices, and a wonderful staff at both Monticello Pawn and Gun and DK Mags in New Brighton. DKMags.com. Here's John Height in the John Height Newsroom. Thank you, Joe. Some uh, news this morning from up here in my area. Three men hospitalized after a reported explosion this morning in East Bethel. It happened at around 830 in the 2800 block of Viking Boulevard Northeast at a place that was currently under construction. Uh, Channel 5, our friends, had some chopper video. You can see it at KSTP dot kstp.com it showed extensive damage to the structure which also appeared to have partially uh, partially collapsed uh, east special's fire chief confirmed three people taken to the hospital according to the anoka county sheriff's office one of the men was flown to hennepin county medical center the other two taken there by ambulance all three had been trapped inside after the explosion at the moment their conditions are unknown most emergency personnel had left the scene by 10 this morning but officials continuing to investigate to try to find the cause of that explosion well you get about two a year house blows up that's why people have insurance Ramsey County officials say they'll meet on Tuesday to find ways to fix overcrowding in the adult detention center after uh, orders from the Department of Corrections. The DOC launched an investigation after getting health and safety complaints about the jail. The department is now ordering the county officials to reduce capacity, noting the failure to meet minimum staffing levels poses an imminent risk of life-threatening harm or serious injury. In the report, DOC cited four violations that break multiple state laws. Ramsey County Commissioner Trista Matascastillo said our public health staff sent multiple letters to the sheriff's office and his team with these concerns raising the issues. Master Castillo said Ramsey County Sheriff Bob Fletcher brought to their attention last fall that the jail was overcrowded. She said action was taken and they reduced the population in the jail by about 70 people. Last night, Sheriff Fletcher released another statement regarding the order saying, I share the concerns about overcrowding in our jails. In fact, it's an issue we've tried to raise with the county board for months and months, including as far back as last May. More information now on that shooting in a Bloomington parking lot that we talked about last week. As police worked to piece together what happened leading up to a suspected murder-suicide that left three men dead in a truck in a Bloomington parking lot, friends and family are sharing stories about two of the identified men who were killed. They were father and son, 55-year-old Dale Dahman and 25-year-old Dominic Dahman. Many who knew Dale Dahman knew him as a musician who played together with his two sons in the local band Dale Dahman and the Beats. Chuck Thiel, a fellow polka-style musician and concertina player known for his band, the Jolly Rambler, said he's known Dale for about 30 years. He said Dale's very talented, worked hard on the concertina, and played it extremely well. The Dommans are from Buffalo, about 40 miles northwest of where police found their bodies in Bloomington Wednesday. Authorities Saturday did not identify the third man who died in the suspected murder-suicide, nor did they answer questions about Dale and Dominic Dahman. Police only said earlier in the week that the man was a business associate and the three appeared to have some business financial dealings. The investigation is ongoing, but police said they are not looking for any additional suspects. They were accordion players. Yes. 
Yeah, the dad. Was, that would be uh, the last thing you would have guessed. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, three bodies found in a van on the Bloomington Strip. You would have expected a drug deal or anything. It, they were accordion. They were polka players. Mm-hmm. That's the damnedest thing. That's right out of a novel. Yeah. A bill that would allow law enforcement who, agencies. Who, who are the brothers that wrote Fargo? Why is it? Why are they Cohen so brothers? Cohen yeah, brothers. yeah. This could figure into one of their plots easy. Yeah, they're. These poor guys were accordion players. Does the movie start with the the, uh, the death, or does it end? I think it ends. Gonna, yeah. it ends. Is it? But it's going to be a flashback, right? We're going to see the murder right away. Apparently. And then we're going to go back six months yeah. and work our way up to it. Yeah. And okay. it a one chipper? Yeah. <laughs> a bill that would allow law enforcement agencies to use GPS tracking on stolen cars without a search warrant or permission from the vehicle's owner has passed through the Minnesota House Public Safety Committee. There may be some issues with it, though. Under current state law, authorities can use GPS tracking devices with a warrant or the consent of the vehicle's owner. The bill's author, Representative Kelly Moeller from Shoreview, said it would give law enforcement, the bill would, the chance to respond more quickly to carjackings. Also, officers could end potentially dangerous pursuits by instead tracking vehicles and apprehending the suspect at a later time. Muller's bill says law enforcement would have to stop using the GPS tracking device after a vehicle was recovered or after 24 hours, whichever came first. Ramsey County Sheriff Mike Martin told lawmakers officers could deploy GPS tracking monitors from inside their squads to attach them to the back of a vehicle, making dangerous pursuits unnecessary at the time. The bill passed the Public Safety Committee unanimously with bipartisan support after concerns about its constitutionality support from the Minnesota chapter of the American Civil Liberties Union. However, some experts like Hamlin University Law Professor David Schultz told our friends at Five Eyewitness News there's precedent to overcome due to similar rulings concerning the use of GPS tracking without a warrant. He said a few years ago, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that a warrant is required if police are going to place a tracking device on a car for the purposes of trying to track where that car is going. Schultz says the bill might violate that precedent and might violate the Fourth Amendment. Okay. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were done. I'm sorry. No, it's just the bill continues to move on and now it goes to the House floor for a full. I I saw a news story this morning and I didn't have the sound up, but it looked like something that the officers could fire from their car from the front, a la James Bond, and it stuck on the car they were trailing. You had a portion of that story where you kind of alluded to that. Yeah, they'd put a a tracking device on the car. I I didn't know that's how they actually would get it. I swear that's what I saw, um, but I didn't read it. And my question is, who wouldn't be for this? And if the car is involved in a pursuit, doesn't that mean you don't need a search warrant? Uh, No, you still need a warrant or the owner's permission. If you're blasting down the freeway, huh? What owner wouldn't give permission? Right. Wouldn't you if somebody stole your car? And the other thing I wanted to mention, I know a lot of contractors that have a lot of vehicles in their fleet, fleet vehicle, you know, those kind of guys, they already have trackers on their vehicles. Yeah. And I listened to a chase the other morning, it was last week, where a contractor got one of his vehicles sold from a job site. And they didn't even really have to chase it. They just followed it and ended up driving right up to it and getting it back. Because it had had a tracker on it. So uh, they didn't even know they were being chased until they got pulled over. 
Well, you know that see... 700 cars were stolen in Minneapolis in January? Yeah, it isn't is that amazing? Wow. That's, that's incredible. That's just insane. That's up 55% from the same month in 2022. Whittier neighborhood had the highest rate of stolen cars with 68. The next closest had 27. Gee. There were 33 carjackings and 260 thefts from a motor vehicle in January. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, and we're being told by uh, the uh, one of the 48 people in charge of the police that Operation Endeavor, Endeavor is Endeavor, working. No. Yeah. Well, no, no, it isn't. Uh, well. No, it isn't. That's yeah. What? Figured it out. That's 23 cars a day just in that area. Now they're being stolen from idiots <laughs> because the uh, uh, most of the 700 cars were taken while that car was still running and a key or fob was left inside it. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you can't do that. So you're getting, you're, you're involving the, the uh, idiots. Uh, but. Don't tell me that we're getting crime under control in Minneapolis. It's worse than it's ever been. What Doesn't Apple hell? make a tracker? I think Apple makes a tracker. You can mm-hmm. stick it on your vehicle, and uh, you can see uh, where the wife goes when she's cheating on you at night. <laughs> well, they got the thing. I don't have one on my keychain, so if my key gets lost, yeah. I'll find it wherever yeah. it's at. I don't, so I don't probably have the same thing, probably. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know anything about that. That little MG doesn't have that suit? You no. Know? Yeah, you know what? That government can't track me either when I'm driving that car. <laughs> no, they just follow the oil spill. <laughs> just watch where I, watch if, where I stall. And well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that car goes back enough where uh, when China delivers the uh, Pulse, it's not going to uh, going to affect me. it at all. Oh, you driving, driving around, around. waving Hi. to people. Yeah. <laughs> Pick us up, will you? Pick us up and take us somewhere. From the Star Tribune, the weekend's mild temps melted hopes of winter fun as several ice-dependent festivals and fishing derbies were called off. God, people were acting like it was warm over the weekend. It wasn't warm. The Fire and Ice Festival in Plymouth, Chanhassen's February Festival, the Maple Lake Fishing Derby, and the Chaska Fire Department's Fishing Contest among those canceled, while the Art Shanty Projects were moved off the ice to the shore of Minneapolis's Lake Harriet over ice quality worries. Uh, last week aside, the National Weather Service says Minnesota has seen a mild, snowy winter, and that's made for weaker-than-usual ice. That's the reason for the cancellations. The problem started with milder weather and frequent snow in December, followed by milder-than-usual temps and more snow in January. Although the Vulcans did win Saturday night. Did they overcome? A shocking victory. They defeated Boreas to bring about spring. I always get so nervous. I do, too. I really do get nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to skip the balloon story. I think we covered that enough, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, The balloon story is as follows. Everyone is lying. Everyone's lying. (laughs) Turkey was hit by two massive earthquakes less than 10 Uh, hours apart. Wait a minute. Wait. We discussed this off the air. Yeah. Turkey, yeah? Turkey, yeah. It's not. Turkey, yeah. B as in B. It's turkey. Turkey. Turkey, yeah. Gobble, gobble. Now, there have been various. Uh, what a lousy uh, name for a country. Turkey, yeah. Turkey. I think Turkey. Turkmenistan is probably the worst. Yeah. 
The uh, There are differing numbers on the number of dead. Uh, the latest story I saw had 2,300 people already killed and scores still trapped under collapsed buildings. The initial 7.8 magnitude nighttime tremor followed hours later by a slightly smaller one, wiped out entire sections of major Turkish cities in a region filled with millions of people who have fled the civil war in Syria and other conflicts. Some of the videos, amazing buildings just collapsing. That uh, when you see the video, is it because uh, it was a seven point four or lax building standards? That's pr- probably a bit of both, don't you think? I think a bit I of both because a seven point yeah. four is pretty pretty big league. Yeah, I'm seeing 100. mud huts. Well, I am too, but seven point four can take down an American building. Well, and the buildings that are falling on the videos, they're they're buildings. They're not right. They're, they look like okay. office buildings here. So. All right, ah, they got windows in them, but those are fake windows. <laughs> <laughs> Hundreds are still trapped under rubble on both sides of the border. The World Health Organization warned that it expects to see a significant increase in the death toll as disaster unfolds and as rescue workers continue their search uh, through mounds of wreckage for victims crushed in their sleep. Meanwhile, a small earthquake rumbled through western New York early today, alarming oh. people in that region unaccustomed to such shaking. U.S. Geological Survey preliminary reported a 3.8 earthquake centered east of Buffalo. The suburb of West Seneca at about six fifteen this really? morning. That was, yeah, that was just shortly after the turkey thing. So if you watched the early news and then felt that, you might have, uh, you might have been a little uh, frightened. The shaking lasted a few seconds, sent residents first to their windows, then to social media in search of an explanation. Small earthquakes not unusual in upstate New York, but are rarely felt that strong. God is angry. He's ticked off. <laughs> He's tired of lying. Such. I think the Minneapolis Parks Board should do what they did in Turkey with Turkey, yeah, yeah, uh, because they want to change the name of Sibley Park because mm-hmm. you know well, Sibley, Sibley's yeah, a bad Sibley, guy. He yeah. was just Satan yeah. himself. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking Sibley, yeah, Park. Sibley, Sibley, yeah, Sibley, yeah, Sibley, yeah, Park. Yeah, it kind of rolls off. Where's Sibley Park? I'm unaware of it. It's about a block east of Cedar and half a block south of 38th. Uh, I know right where it is. Yeah. 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 The donor network created by the billionaire industrialist brothers, Charles G. and David Koch, is getting ready to get involved in the primaries in 2024. And they're doing it a bit differently this time. They say they want to turn the page on the past. That is a thinly veiled rebuke of former President Trump, according Good. to an internal memo from the Kochs. The network, comprising an array of political and advocacy groups that have been backed by hundreds of ultra-wealthy conservatives, has been among the most influential forces in American politics over the past 15 years, spending almost $500 million supporting Republican candidates. It's never before supported candidates in primaries, though. The potential move against Trump could motivate donors to line up behind another candidate. Thus far, though, only Trump has entered the race. The memo went out to affiliated activists and donors after a weekend conference in Palm Springs, California, where the network's leaders laid out their goals for the next presidential elections cycle. I did notice some folks, Mark Levin, uh, notably on Twitter, going after the Coke, saying apparently they've become woke also, which is an odd take to have on. I think it's an odd take. Yeah. A Fox says it sold out all of its Super Bowl 57 ad space as of the end of January. The big game between the Chiefs and Eagles is this Sunday. The Super Bowl is advertising's biggest stage with advertisers jockeying to get their products in front of the more than 100 million people that watch each year. Mark Evans, executive vice president of ad sales for Fox Sports, says a few ads went for more than $7 million 
uh, for a 30-second spot. Most sold between $6 million and $7 million wow. for a 30-second spot. Anheuser-Busch remains the biggest advertiser with three minutes of national airtime. The beverage giant gave up its deal to be the exclusive advertiser this year. So Heineken, Diageo, Remy Martin, and Molson Coors are also in the game. Other big advertisers include Doritos and M&Ms, movie studios and streaming services. Out this year, crypto companies. Remember last year? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Four, yeah. four different cryptocurrency <laughs> companies uh, ran splashy commercials. But in November, FTX filed for bankruptcy and its founder was charged in a scheme to defraud investors. This year, two crypto advertisers had commercials booked and done, according to Fox. But when the FTX news broke, those deals also did not happen. There is zero representation in that category why doesn't the nfl just acknowledge that their game is not suitable for an all-star game and just not have the pro bowl just don't have it you don't need to is it can it be that lucrative uh i can't imagine so it's silly i didn't watch any of it yesterday it was a flag football game if they're gonna do that they can get rid of the nhl all-star game too because that's not but that's fun man that was watching some skills I like that. You like you liked all the skills competitions leading up to watch, it. I didn't watch that. I just saw some of the game, like breaking plates with a hockey puck, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. In the upper yeah. corner. But the NFL yeah. does not suit itself to a uh, an all star game. It's too dangerous. Just don't have it. Don't try to make up flag football. It's ridiculous. <laughs> we had a we had a minor injury playing flag football too. No, uh, Garrett Miles from the Browns dislocated a toe. Really. Damn, that hurts. That hurts. So he'll have some time to heal up. That's right. Oh, yeah, plenty. A Wisconsin man convicted of shooting at a group of kids who threw snowballs at his car in 2020 has received a 16-year prison sentence. WITI-TV reports that prosecutors had asked for a 25-year prison sentence after jurors found William Carson guilty of two counts of first-degree reckless injury and five counts of first-degree recklessly endangering in November. According to court records, seven kids were out throwing snowballs at passing cars on Milwaukee's north side in January of 2020. A driver, identified as Carson, turned his car around, got out, pulled his gun, and fired at the group. Whoa. Prosecutors have said two of the children were hurt after being shot in the thigh and the arm. Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. The third child's jacket was grazed by a bullet. Judge Michael Hanrahan also included 10 years of extended supervision in Carson's sentence. The judge saying... Uh, there is this other side of you that's impulsive, reckless, and violent, and I think pretty self-centered. That's what Hanran, the judge, said during the sentencing hearing in Milwaukee on Friday. Sometimes when you get hit by a snowball in your car, you just got to take it. You just got to keep yeah. Well, you laugh it off. You yeah. shake the fist at them like you're mad, and you yeah. go you know, go about your life. You or pretend you, to get them. You, yeah. you hit the yeah. brakes. Yeah. You hit the brakes like, oh, yep. the chase is on. They I'm going to get you. Yeah, suck off. I was involved in some great uh, chases of terrified for our lives, and I think the guys were just having fun. Yeah, right. We didn't get shot at. No, No, that dude should not have a gun. We all threw stuff at cars when we were kids. I think it's a lost art. I don't think that happens much anymore. Tomatoes, apples, and snowballs. Dog poop, the whole deal. Where do you get the dog poop? (laughs) From the dog. (laughs) You can get dog poop. Uh, This is embarrassing. An 82-year-old woman was pronounced dead at a New York nursing home. 
but found to be breathing three hours later at the funeral home where she had been taken. According he had to one job. Yeah, how, how come that happens every once in a while? Before you zip well, the was, bag, you got one job. What are you talking about? She was breaking out. She got out of there. Yeah. <laughs> The woman was pronounced dead at Waters Edge Rehab and Nursing Center in Port Jefferson, Long Island, 11.15 in the morning on Saturday. The woman, whose name was not released, was taken to the O.B. Davis Funeral Home at 1.30 in the afternoon, police said in the news release. At 2.09, the folks at Davis Funeral Home discovered her breathing. No update available on the woman's condition as of this morning. The matter has been referred to the state attorney general's office for investigation. A message seeking comment was left with the nursing home so far they have not commented well that's the nursing home where you don't want to send ma yeah and i yeah. bet that freaked the hell out of those morticians yeah you, you know think? she breathing she's back from the dead There's nothing worse than a live one popping up on you right <laughs> you walked in on a couple right when you were in the industry yeah but they were out they were oh, done okay but i walked they in were on done. Was in the industry <laughs> And uh, finally, uh, you know you've been partying when this happens. A 21-year-old man accused of running naked through the hotel uh, just south of us in Des Moines, Iowa, wielding a toilet plunger and pulling fire alarms. There you go. That's no way to go through life, son. 21-year-old Trevin Hill of Las Vegas arrested January 28th and charged with assault while displaying a dangerous weapon. That would be the toilet plunger. Hey, now. Also, also, <laughs> good point, Rod. Also, uh, first-degree criminal mischief and disorderly conduct, according, according to Polk County online booking records. According to the Des Moines Police Department, he approached a victim on the 18th floor stairwell at the Marriott downtown with the toilet plunger. According to court documents, he yelled, I'm going to bleeping get you as he chased the victim. Police said that multiple people saw Hill allegedly pull fire alarms as he ran along the hotel corridors. He continued running on several floors, swinging the plunger until police were able to subdue him. Hill was booked into the Polk County Jail, posted bail on January 29th. So far, he has pleaded not guilty to the charges. He will appear in court later in February, according to court What kind of magical mixture of illegal narcotics did he have? (laughs) Wow. I hope he has a great life. What a mess. Thank you, John. You're welcome. Johnny, thank you. Your news brought to us by Air Mechanical since 1985. Air Mechanical has served the Twin Cities for their heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical needs. It can help with drain clean-out, duct cleaning, and indoor air quality, serving the entire metro area. From general maintenance to full install, they got you covered. Furnace installs, boilers, heat pumps, garage heaters, and so much more. Air Mechanical employs top tradespeople in the state of Minnesota, and they operate with full integrity. They do things the right way, not the easy way. And check out their Total Solutions membership. It's like having Air Mechanical on retainer. Keep all of your home maintenance needs in one comprehensive membership select one tune up a year and enjoy benefits like discounted maintenance repairs service equipment costs all that kind of stuff catch problems before they arise and keep your home's mechanicals running smoothly check them out online at thinkami.com that's thinkami.com It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. Are you feeling golfy? Yes, I am in this wonderful warm weather. The 2023 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show is coming up at the Minneapolis Convention Center Friday, Feb 24 through Sunday, 
Feb 26, and uh, I remain astonished by what you can accomplish here. Get a ticket online for 12 bucks, and you get 13 free rounds from TwinCitiesGolf.com. That's valued at 455 bucks. This is amazing. So you're going there to get the golf balls and the equipment and take lessons and check out golf resorts and buy clothes and swing a club. But your your ticket that got you in just got you 13 free rounds of golf from TwinCitiesGolf.com, plus a coupon for 20 bucks off at PGA Tour Superstore. Buy your tickets today at MinnesotaGolfShow.com, presented by Choice Bank, and thanks in part to Nelson Marine, Waggle Golf, and your select Buick GMC dealers. And I believe GL will be there. Hell yeah. I like front a good and center. Golf we'll be front show. and center. Mm-hmm. Say, uh, God is smiling on us, even though he's angry. He's smiling on Garage Logic. <laughs> Kamala <Because>? Harris will <laughs> be in in the state tomorrow. Wow. We have to have, rookie, we have to have every word she says. Okay. She'll be in St. Cloud tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry. She'll be in St. Cloud Thursday. I thought it was tomorrow. Thursday. Oh, Thursday. Uh, part of a Biden administration series of events around the country promoting the president's economic agenda in the days after the State of the Union address. I don't know if I can bring myself to watch that. <laughs> uh, for this reason. For well, this he might re- say something like, <laughs> Half the women who work for me are women. I think he just said that the other day. But here's why I'm saying that. I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat. I've been listening to these speeches for 50 years, and they're all the same. I, I don't want to go through another one. Unless he's going to lie to me about balloons, and I'd, I'd like to hear it. I have more balloon news, by the way. I want it week. right now. <laughs> uh, appear, there's a uh, representative, uh, Mike Waltz. He's a Republican. Yeah. He says it's true that balloons did uh, fly over during the Trump administration, but the president wasn't told because the Pentagon was worried, quote, Trump would be too provocative and too aggressive. That would... That would seem to me to be some sort of breach of something, wouldn't it? If you're uh, telling the that, president, that does nah, boy. Couldn't that even be treason? I mean, I, um, I'm not trying to be weird here. I'm just saying. In other words, you're saying don't tell the boss; he'll do something stupid. Yeah, yeah he'll I, freak I, out. You, you, you yeah, but if he would have shot it down, I would not have considered that stupid. But but yeah, you can't keep that from the president. I mean. No, it's just not. Some, and this, I don't know. I'm not familiar with Representative Waltz, but he told that to Fox News, Fox hmm. Business News. Uh, the conventional news gatherers, meaning leftists, they're not covering this very much. They're not covering the blue. No, deal they're not. Much. Why aren't they worried about it? Um, you know why? I don't know. They're kind of a casual. I don't Casual know. coverage. I don't Harris will be in St. Cloud, Kamala Harris. Uh, to highlight the connection between investments in electric vehicles and good jobs. Who's she condescending to? I forgot. Uh, electric vehicles and good jobs. Uh, Joe Biden and his cabinet will be traveling to more than 20 states following the uh, remarks tomorrow night, the State of the Union, as they try to connect policies like the bipartisan infrastructure law to job growth and rising wages. Okay. Okay. Uh, so she's coming to town. St. Cloud hosted an electric vehicle expo last mm. summer. 
Oh, we missed that. Yeah, and has ambitious uh, environmental goals as a city. Oh, good. But they're not in the Minnesota you're going to secede from, are they, Kenny? Uh, no, they're in, they're in your side. <laughs> Mayor Dave Kleiss said he wants the city to be carbon neutral before 2030. Hmm. Okay. And after the city achieved carbon neutrality for municipal buildings in 2020. Uh, I don't want to read this. Harris was last here in October to campaign for Democrats on abortion rights, and she spoke at a fundraiser for Governor Walls. Biden will be in Madison, Wisconsin Wednesday. Harris will be in Atlanta that day before heading to St. Cloud on Thursday. Oh. Yeah. So we're looking forward to it. She's the gift that keeps on giving. And uh, we can't wait to hear her remarks from St. Cloud. Presumably we'll have to play them on Friday's show. Okay. Uh, Kenny, it's only an hour drive for you. You might want to cover that in person just for I your own amusement. I cannot make that. I'm sorry. I've got something <laughs> going on that day that uh, takes precedent. Well, but you'd get the day off from this show to go do it. Yeah, I was probably going to take the day off anyway. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to her visit, and I think we'll try to cover it the best we can. Meaning to the best of our ability. Good luck to us. Is what and and by cover it, what luck. do you mean? Go to St. Cloud and stand about a quarter mile to a half mile away. I, I just want to capture all the maybe uh, see the limo. Uh, Billy Thayer writes, Joe. I'm still wondering two things that you've brought up. Number one, I think it does help to warm a car up in frigid temps. You said it doesn't do any good. Do you still believe this? Boy, this is a coming out of left field, yeah, isn't it? So. Uh, I don't know that I've ever said I didn't believe in warming up the car. I said I believe in warming it up by starting it and then driving very slowly for a while. I think there's a difference. Do modern cars need to be warmed up? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would not start you. a car and leave it in the driveway for 20 minutes. I would start the car up. Mm, I and do then, that every day. And then crawl along slowly until I saw the temperature gauge rising at what point do you no longer need the car to warm up what the when you the watch temp- the temperature gauge. when you can get in without a jacket on i don't do that kenny's wrong and i'm right <laughs> number two the question came because of the weather last week don't you think yeah because it was so cold number two so uh, wait a minute so if your car's been <laughs> sitting outside and it's 20 below uh, don't give me that look it's 20 below <laughs> your car's been sitting out there for eight hours you just you get go out, you turn it on, two minutes later, you're driving away? Yes. Really? Slowly. Huh. Mm, slowly. That's, that's that ain't me, babe. All right. Number two, I'm still wondering, as you are, where do fruit flies come from? Fruit? <laughs> I where think do they someone go? someone on your show said they come from packaging uh, in our homes. Can you elaborate? No, I, I really can't. Uh, please. I don't know who would be the resident fruit fly. Please, actually. I am an avid listener. However, your voice isn't near as loud as your other members are. And then he puts reavers in parentheses. Uh, <laughs> Billy, I don't know what to tell you here, uh, pal. I, I am puzzled that you bring home some, some nice big new bunch of grapes or something, and then uh, once in a while you get fruit flies with them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where they come from. Obviously, they came with the grapes. Came from the store. It came from the store. 
And uh, in terms of warming up the car, uh, Billy, uh, I'll stick to my way of doing it. I start it and then I creep along for a while before the before I give it before I give it the thunder. On my plow truck, I like to wait till the lifter noise is stopped. That's and good that's point. a good that's a good ten that's, minutes. That means oil got there. <laughs> yeah, finally got up there. Yeah. yeah. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Umpumalonga, South Africa, from the traveling Lymans at WorldwideWaftage.com. It was on this day. Two six two three. In 1862, Redwood County was established and named after the Redwood River, uh, previously part of Brown County. This territory would later become, in addition to Redwood, the counties of Lockwaparl, Lincoln, Lion, and Yellow Medicine. Lockwaparl, Lincoln, Lion. Lockwaparl, the lake that speaks. How many L counties are there? I'd have to look that up. On this day in 1967, isn't this fortuitous that we had the news story Weird. of these uh, unfortunate accordion players who were... Do yeah. we know, did, did the father and son suffer from the other guy in the car? That's the way, it's because it said the father and son were homicide victims. Yes. So I'm assuming okay. they were shot and then the suicide was well, the other gentleman. I believe, by the way, though, the son, he was not an accordion player. He played a different instrument. I see. Is there a woman somewhere relieved that the three of them are now the police said business they were business associates uh, there's a, there's a movie plot in there somewhere i'm looking for the movie plot lucky parl lake lake of the woods lesur no it starts lincoln. with uh, yeah lacquaparl lake lake of the woods lesur lincoln and lion yep on this day in 1967 to six it up Duluth accordion airs a group of 24 accordion players Mm. gave a triumphal concert in their hometown. Organized in 1950, the group had performed around the world, including stops in Japan and the Soviet Union, the Duluth Accordionaires. Mm. I don't John, know that, if they still exist. Can you play accordion, John? I can't. It looks re- it, I've I've got a squeeze box, Such. Yeah. You've got to do three things at the same time. Yeah. It, it ain't easy. Well, I can imagine. I, I played in a band with a fella when I first moved here who was very good at it, Dave Kazbazak, who's still with us. I believe he's close to 90 years old. He was a very good player. He would play that for about seven or eight songs a night. The rest of the night he'd play guitar, but he was very good at it, and it looked like something I would never attempt. Um, wow. Mama's got, got a, a squeeze, squeeze box. box. Yeah. She plays all night. She wears on her chest right. when... Uh, Traffic daddy gets home, he don't get no rest. Playing it all night, huh? Because she's playing all nights, and the music's all right. Traffic daddy. Traffic daddy. Mama's got a squeeze box. Traffic daddy don't sleep at night. Thank you, yellers, and I'm sorry that the show was going well until until that unfortunate outburst. Thank you very much. Yeah, fun. no thank you very much. Thank you, <laughs> No thank you very much. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> All right, folks, head to Pod MN if you're looking for musical podcasts, educational podcasts, whatever the case may be, check them all out on your smartphone at Pod MN. Sneak over to our YouTube channel, subscribe to that. Yes, we do have a YouTube channel, Garage Logic does. Subscribe to that. It's a fantastic way to stay entertained. And then also, if you are so moved, I invite you to go to garagelogic.com 
and sign up for the Garage Logic Town Council. And Joe, you borrow them your truck to go get that mysterious <laughs> a snowblower. Yep, go As get Kenny it. would say, you borrow them your truck. Yeah, borrow that truck out. We would say lend it to them, but nah. maybe you go with them for a further uh, fleshing out of the update. Here we go. Last word. Ciao.